Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. That's not my son, that's but Ross. That <laughs> That's not my son, but Ratera is. I'm Rachera. And I'm Anoni. And I am a faithful. Mm, sounds kind of traitorish. I don't know. You are listening to Everything Is Content, the weekly pop culture podcast where we handpick you a beautiful bouquet of content to enjoy every single week. On the podcast today, we are discussing the story that everyone is discussing this week the Oscars snub and also Chad Wives. <laughs> snub? <laughs> snub! <laughs> we're on instagram follow us on at everything is content pod we continue to post the discussions from each episode on there so get over there if you want to chat to us also make sure to look in the description box of every episode we put links to everything we discuss down there so what have you been loving this week the same thing as every week the traitors and rip because it's coming to an end (gasps) oh it's so sad isn't it Mm. so if you're listening to the podcast today's the finale it's the final yeah if you're listening after friday the 26th just give up it's done um so we're gonna find out later today or everyone's gonna find out who whether the traitors have won whether the faithfuls have been successful discerning enough my favorite thing i don't know this happened in the last series but it's when anyone that gets murdered immediately like they sit there and they're like it's because they just thought i was too suspicious and like charlotte for example no one thought that she was good okay everyone has the same thing they come in and they're like well they just realise I'm too clever and I'm getting too close to the truth. And it's like, no, they always just murder someone that they think is either like the most random or the least going to come back to them. So it Literally. just makes me laugh how much they're so certain. I know. And the funniest thing is they're like, oh, they have to, you know, they have to get a girl boss when she's on the up. And it's like, <laughs> babe, you were rubbish at this. You were so <laughs> shit. They've got rid of you just to get rid of numbers. And No also- names. Charlotte. Sorry, Charlotte. But the same with the traitors as well. They... Oh, like when they get good, like Paul got very cocky and now Harry, they yes. get, they like do one thing right and they're like, I'm just the best, I'm going to show you the ropes. And it's like, no, 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 this is your hubris. I love the word. Hamasha. That it was amazing. It is your Greek tragedy yeah. coming to the fore. Um, I agree <sighs> completely. I do think also now it's a crusade of like the righteous traitor. And I don't want to name names, but if you're watching oh. at this point, like yeah, you've seen yeah, it, yeah. but like now it's kind of a battle within the traitors, all in the name of our sweet Diane. Do you think anyone would ever be asked to be a traitor and not do it? Because I think the temptation's 100%. too high. Molly. Molly would say no. Right. Mm. I think, again, in series one, they did choose one. She said no, and then she was murdered immediately. So if people are saying yes, it's it's under the threat of being murdered. That's what I think. But I also think like, given that opportunity, you're like, A, probably think it's going to be safer. And B, you'd want to know, wouldn't you? Why they did it and what, no, who it was. No, you'd want to know who the traitors are. I just couldn't lie for death. Like, I just couldn't do it. And I feel like I would just have a meltdown the minute I got the letter. 
and went straight to knowing who you know knowing the truth and like lifting the veil so I don't know if I could do it but also at the same time like are you really yeah like you said are you gonna say no my thing is I'd hate people to think that I was like an evil person so I wouldn't want to be a traitor because I'm so obsessed with people loving me that's not the show <laughs> for like, you then no exactly so like if you're on the show I think at that point they, there's always going to be a possibility you could have been a traitor so you yeah. have to kind of take it because yeah. there's no guarantee that you would have been a faithful the whole way through and you get more airtime and also I just think Those I would cloaks. look rubbish I think I'd look rubbish in the cloaks Chic. I think you'd look chic. I hate it. Like, like long hood. No, no, it would wash me out. Um, <laughs> so that's the only reason I would say no. Vanity. I wonder if you could ask for a different colour and just be like, I love the cloak. I love the design. But can we can we go for hot pink? Okay, so traitors, really excited. R.A.P. Life is not going to be worth living no. after the final episode. No. So if you are missing murder post traitors, I actually have a really good TV rec for everyone. It's True Detective season four. Are you guys watching it? No. Is this the BBC one? No, no, it's Now TV. Now TV. Yeah, I think it's HBO slash Now TV. Jodie Foster's in it uh. and Fiona Shaw. So the first series years ago basically got a lot of traction. It was incredible. It had Matthew McConaughey. Yes, <laughs> and it had Woody Harrelson as two detective cops kind of just spending so much time together, kind of just prophesizing about life and solving this kind of cultish, satanic worship murder. Really, really gruesome stuff, but amazing. The two seasons after that, massively disappointed fans. And there's kind of been this air about uh, what's going to happen with series four. Will they be able to get the magic back? There's been two episodes out that I've watched and they are really, really good. Really good. Set in Alaska, kind of a powerhouse of female talent in it. And it's just so good. It's breathtaking. Are those okay. the detectives? The lady detectives? Yes. Callie Ra- Reese, Rice? stars as the person alongside Jodie Foster and I think she's going to be a massive talent after this she is so good she's so captivating exactly like you said female detectives kind of cold set in this like snowy Alaskan backdrop also about Native Americans and this kind of seemingly cult serial killer who is killing very specific women and bringing the politics into that and also the like icy setting and I don't know it's just it's so good it sounds really spooky it is really spooky it's kind of supernatural as well which I really love where it's like is is there an explanation for this is this supernatural is it you know mythological what's really going on here it's it's really good okay I've got some right finally I'll watch that and I'll kind of like fill the traitor's hole So this week, discourse around the 2024 Oscars has just lit the timeline on fire. Let's get into it. Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer has the most nominations with 13 overall. Poor Things, which we loved and spoke about last week, has 11 nominations. The big shock, unsurprisingly to anyone listening to this, I'm sure, was that neither Margot Robbie or Greta Gerwig was nominated for Barbie. And it sparked a huge discussion about whether they should have been nominated and whether the fact that Ryan Gosling, who got his nomination over Greta or Margot, is a feminist issue. Where do we stand on Barbie? What do we think? I know we've seen so much discourse around this. I'm exhausted. It's been a couple of days of this. It feels like what should have been like the Oscars circus has been the Barbie circus. I've not read like mm. much praise. I've not been like, I've not gotten excited for the nominations of the films that I really loved or the actors who are finally getting their flowers. It has felt like everything is just like a vacuum for the Barbie discourse. Completely. I think everyone is using this conversation as a means to pat themselves on the back on how smart they are for thinking that, oh my God, you know, Greta Garwood's literally written a film about these dolls and the patriarchy and look what's happened and man's come out on top. But I feel like that's so reductive. And 
as someone that loved the Barbie film and was devastated that we didn't have this podcast up and running when the mm-hmm. film came out because I wanted to do like a deep dive special on it. I also don't believe that it's an Oscar film to me. Mm. Oscar worthy mm-hmm. films to me are sort of like the height of art. And that's not to say that a film that's pink and pretty and about dolls can't be something that wins those kind of Academy Awards. For me, it just doesn't fit. I'm not surprised that it didn't win an Oscar. I'm a bit surprised he got one. I think he was very good even, in yeah, it, I but I was, was a bit like, in it, <laughs> but it wasn't, hmm. I wouldn't say it's like the best acting I've ever seen. And maybe then I get worried saying this. I'm like, oh my God, is it my internalized misogyny? But then I, no. I, I do think that I would never have thought that Barbie would be nominated for an Oscar. So I'm really surprised when people are like, oh my God, Greta Gerwig snubbed. No, we agree. We, agree. we loved it, but I agree. I don't think, and as Sean Faye put on her Instagram, Barbie's a children's film. <laughs> the fact that people are also saying like, the, the Academy has missed the point. Barbie was not a subtle film. Yeah. They will whack you over the head like this film's about <laughs> patriarchy. They say about a thousand times. They understand what the film was about and they have chosen not to nominate. And a lot of women are in the Academy. Like it's not just like a, a long table of old white men. Like it is an, a group effort. They've chosen not to nominate Greta in any year where there were so many, I think, great films. She was mm-hmm. nominated, I think, as a as a writer or producer. So best she, screenplay. So what are we angry about, really, yeah. that she didn't get the slot? All the people that are saying they should have been nominated need to tell me exactly who they think who is nominated yeah. deserves it less, especially in that leading actress because yep. that category is oh, tight. It's just like it's just sucking the air out of the room so much. Like Lily Gladstone from Flower, uh, *Killers of a Flower Moon*. This is the first time that a Native American woman has got mm. a nomination for Best Actress. The whole timeline has been talking about Barbie and it's just like, you're missing the point. You're missing the point by calling this a feminist issue when you're not upholding or celebrating this massive milestone for a woman who's not a white woman. I think it's funny because it kind of is giving Barbie, this is such a simplified take on feminism. It's like, oh, super successful white man overtakes super successful white woman in a very whitewashed archaic award system. And it's so basic and so simple that everyone feels like get behind it, say their piece. It's it's very um, low stakes. So many people have made this point, but the uproar and the furore and the feminist voices, especially online coming forward to talk about this, who previously perhaps haven't spoken about world issues happening in the Middle East. It is a bit like, okay, this is where you want to put your energy. It's just not even interesting to me, really. It just got so meta when people were doing memes about how, um, you know, in Hillary Clinton's us if she had won this would never have happened barbie would have got best picture blah 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 hillary clinton tweeted greta and margot while it can sting to win the box office but not take home the gold your millions of fans love you you're both so more than enough hashtag hillary barbie hideous she needs to let it go she needs to let it go i think at that point you know that you've lost and the whole time has lost the plot there was an article in the new york times by carl buchanan titled why was Greta Gerwig snubbed for a best director nomination Mm -hmm. right at the end of the piece it says she's now the first filmmaker in history to have her three first solo features Lady Bird Little Women and Barbie nominated for best picture that's still a feat in and of itself it's really funny I think because the the movie is so the the premise is so as you said Beth loud and in your face about feminism everyone's got cross about it but it's like if this was a film of a similar ilk without the feminist setting tone but like same vibes we wouldn't be expecting it to get a Barbie nominate uh, sorry a nomination an oscar nomination it's like it's just so it's like just because it's got this really in your face feminist messaging 
doesn't mean you give it an award. That is like the epitome of like Sheryl Sandberg, lean in, pink fanny hat feminism. I just, I feel like everyone's lost their mind over this and I don't really understand. So there was an LA Times op-ed by Mary McNamara that said, if only Barbie had done little more time as a sex worker or barely <laughs> survived becoming the next victim in a mass murder plot or stood accused of shoving Ken out of the dream house's top window. Certainly millions of Barbie fans are currently wishing they could push someone, perhaps a member or two of the film academy, out of a very high window. Oh are my they God. Well? Are they well? Like, what do they mean? Do they mean all of these films weren't as good as Barbie? They genuinely do believe that these films, like Poor Things, I assume that's a reference to Poor Things, I assume that's a reference to Anatomy of a Fall. These films are not as deserving as... I, I think so. Like, find a place because this film was the pinkest i think so and i think they're suggesting that something like poor things or a film that you know is more abstract and political is maybe more obvious than a barbie that's what this seems to be suggesting to me stan brain because i feel like everyone is behaving as though like this is like ariana grande selena gomez like the way that the stat these are grown Mm. adults behaving as though they're teenagers with a fave do you know what i think it is and this is something which i think people are thinking about more recently but it's this thing of people not wanting to critique very popular characters. So like Greta Gerwig is this woman that everyone holds up and really celebrates. And she is kind of untouchable. Margot Robbie as well. It's like the princess. And this comment I'm about to make could be really wrong. So I'm just going to workshop it. But it's almost like they are these pretty little white blonde girls and we must protect them from this ill-fated lack of nomination. When it's like, actually, they both did an absolutely stellar job. I don't think the film was Oscar worthy. I fucking love the film. Mm. I think it's a great feat. I think the amount of money it made was astounding, blah, blah, blah. But there is something about like everyone babying them and coddling them and being like outraged. Yeah. I think there's loads of issues with awards. I think there's massive issues with only white people getting nominated or only men getting nominated. I definitely think that there's sexism, racism and every kind of other ism within these things. For me, the Oscars used to be a thing where I'd hear a nomination. I'd be like, I'd never watch that film. But mm. because it's got this amazing award, I'll go and see it. Everyone's already seen Barbie. It, like you say, it made its money. It has one and been award, uh, been nominated for every award going. It's got eight nominations. It's got eight nominations not, for that's this. Not it's the yeah. fourth most nominated film for the Oscars. So I think at that point, give your head a wobble, make the same <laughs> noise for <laughs> Danielle Brooks, make it for Lily Gladstone. Yes, Danielle Brooks. If you're yes. coming from a feminist perspective, go okay. Well, these are where we have where we need to put our support. Let let it go. Yeah, and I I do think it is so telling that this is the one that so many people are backing calling it the feminist issue when you know Celine's song of past lives mm. is the snub to me for best director because I thought that film was amazing but literally right as you said Beth right at the beginning this has just been a vacuum and it's like I don't know I think it is telling I don't think this I don't think you are being feminist by arguing for Barbie I think dare I say it, it's just being very revealing about what feminism you pick and choose and that is white feminism oh so smart I think that's so true I mean I'm now like clamoring to go and watch all of these films that I, I wouldn't have or I haven't seen um and I just kind of want to the, the b word to just like wink out of existence oh, I might we, have to mute it I, I was gonna say can we bury it but is that really harsh <laughs> we bury our barbies in the backyard oh. I used to do that um anyway back on point I actually have some data to bring into the podcast because Yes, this is a pop culture podcast, but we also like to do science around pop culture. Um, So we asked our listeners whether they agreed that Barbie was a snub or not. And 60% said yes. 60% thought it was snubbed. 40% said no. Okay. I was quite surprised by. Yeah, I don't know whether I am surprised, judging from the timeline. I wonder though if there's that thing of people doing a bit what I was doing, where you're worried about saying the wrong thing. 
and people want to be part of the feminist cause and we want to support women and we want to see women doing well. So they're like, yeah, it was snubbed, but mm. maybe not actually fully committed to that belief. So there's a comment from Georgie who says that she loved the Barbie movie, uh, loved it for its aesthetic study on womanhood and the feeling of girl power, but I also don't think it was particularly groundbreaking as a standalone watch, which I think echoes what we're saying. Mm. If you take it out of its own noise and its own echo chamber, a really entertaining watch, but mm. up against those like big hitters, it just doesn't hold its own. Yeah, I agree. What else did people say? We have Laura who says the whole discourse feels a bit icky because America was nominated too and people seem to be forgetting that. So that's America Ferrera who was nominated for Supporting Actress. Mm. Actually, that, that's a very good point in, in the whole discourse of the film. I think we are forgetting that they've got a, a Supporting Actress nomination for a lead in the film. I'm not going to comment on this because I was quite surprised about this. Not that I don't think America Ferrera is excellent. I agree. But I feel like her role in the film didn't really... It, did, it, it seemed to be a deliverer of messages, but I just, I maybe I just didn't watch her acting close enough. What do you guys think? No, I agree. And especially compared to uh, the women she's up against and, you know, Danielle Brooks. And I just realized we haven't spoken about this, but May, December. That is a snub. Ab, you know, mm. really absent from the nominations. And Natalie Portman, Julianne Moore really should have got Best Supporting Actress nominations, in my opinion. So no disrespect, but I am really surprised that America is on that list when they are. I think everyone's got really hepped up and one of the comments is this, with the idea that this is the actual plot of Barbie. And so people feel like vindicated. It feels like a story. It feels prophetic. It's like this woman made this whole film about no matter how hard you try as a woman, men always come out on top. It's become law. Yeah, so let's get into that because I think that's the sticky bit of this entire conversation. People are saying that this is a sign that Barbie was right because the Mm. response to it has almost proven that the film is right, which I'm so confused about because the Oscars haven't acknowledged that this film is the best film of the year. Why is that? Why is that a sign that the film is like prophetic? I don't get it. Is patriarchy real because men can get awards too? Also him, Ryan Gosling kind of doubling down and being like, this movie wouldn't exist without Margot. That's the same with every film. Every actor that comes into a movie that hasn't written the movie and hasn't directed the movie is merely playing a part within a film that has been created and directed by someone else. They don't get their award and go, oh, well, this film wouldn't even have existed without whoever directed it and whoever wrote it because that's not what you're getting an award for. I yeah. feel sad for him because he's he should be enjoying this. It's a huge moment in his career. He should be like at home with a Colin Caspiller cake. And instead he's like, oh, I've got to handle this like correctly. I've got to like make this statement. And I just don't think he would have done that otherwise had the Ferrari not kind of uh, procedured I, it. to stick my foot out, which isn't a friend. <laughs> also um, have no basis for this information, which I'm going to just what are you lie about. about? I get the feeling that he feels quite proud of himself with that little statement he put out. Mm-hmm. Mm, but people are pa- patting on the back. That's like, what I mean. And he is definitely patting himself on the back as well. And I don't doubt he's got a ginormous call in the caterpillar. But if you a know, woman had done it. <laughs> eat the cake, darling. I'm just so confused. Why do people think that the Oscars, their job is to, you know, change society? The job of the Oscars is to give Art. people a film um, nomination and to <laughs> give, give people a film. Give people a bloody good film. No, give them a little man, a little gold man if they have done a good film. That's it. Mm-hmm. You're quite right. Do you think we sound like boomers? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so this definitely isn't the last time we talk about the Oscars. It's going to be held on the 10th of March. So tune in then. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? 
and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So, speaking of white feminism, this kind of tangentially relates... Um, I'm going to be talking to you guys about trad wives. Do you know what they are? I do. I know in my head, like I've got an image of one, but I would like to hear more. Yes. Okay. So trad wives are a movement that have kind of popped up on social media and are really taking over. They're kind of like 1950s style, stylized women, genuinely dressing up like they're from the 1950s, wearing little pennies, doing Mm. their hair and makeup in the morning, serving their husbands in every sense of the word, not working, which is something we'll circle back to because that's not technically true. And... There's something about it that I actually do find quite alluring. You watch them and you think, God, maybe it would be quite nice to just have kids and sit in the house and bake cookies. That's brainwashing, girlies and boys. <laughs> I've really lost my mind. Anyway, so we've spoken briefly about like the, the, the Mormon Utah girls when we spoke about the Stanley Cups. And this week, a TikTok from a user, Nara Smith, of her making cinnamon rolls went viral. Yes. You guys have seen this, yes. right? Okay, so she looks absolutely stunning. She's got a gorgeous dress on. Her nails are done. Her hair's done. Her makeup is perfect. She is making these cinnamon rolls so casually, but also so perfectly mm. in a way that is quite enraging, but also very relaxing. <laughs> and this created a huge amount of like discussion. I saw it mostly on X and people just saying, she's 22 years old. She has three kids. She's 22. She's 22. She's 22, yeah. And she kind of like serves her husband. She professes that she loves it. She's also a model and so is her husband actually. She's Mormon, right? She's Mormon. I think she converted for She him. married in, so he is, yeah. So she's 22, he's 25. He was raised as a Mormon in like the Utah Mormon Latter-day Saints community. And I think she met him and then converted to Mormonism when they married in 2020. He's had a wife before, right? I think it's his second marriage. He had a baby with a woman. Um, it was quite controversial because I think he was maybe 17, 18, had a baby with a woman who's seven-ish years older than he. he so she's a stepmom now. Nara's a stepmom to his first child. That's a real brood at 22 yeah. when I think of what I was wow. doing at 22. Like oh she's so really young. selling that traditional life. So we, I actually, I have a thing on my Instagram called Let's Talk About where me and my followers could have choose a subject and we will discuss it. And Trab Wives was one of the topics that came up because- I think for a lot of people, they will just randomly appear on your timeline. You kind of Mm. get sucked in. But what's so interesting about this whole phenomenon is they're actually making loads of money on Instagram. So they're basically influencers, but they're influencing people to not work. So half of their shtick is like, I don't work a job. I just serve my husband. 
but it's all kind of actually a lie because they are working. So they're mm. like creating content all day. Mm. I don't know if it's to do with like the rise of populism or like the fact that we're having this big pendulum swim back from like the lefty leaning liberal world. And suddenly we are getting pushed basically like 1950s propaganda that women should wake up in the morning, do their hair, make their husband's breakfast, make the bed, look after the kids, make bread from scratch. I'm sorry, one of the videos from Nara Smith's account was my baby woke up and they really wanted a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So I set to making the bread and then like five hours later, she's made bread from scratch. She's made her own peanut butter. Yeah. Your child asked for breakfast, like go and freaking get them a bit of Kings Mill toast and some pack crunchy. (laughs) some jam and make them a bloody sandwich woman but like, you what? you like this content I know like you were saying like you quite like watching this I do I do but it does I like watching it because I just think it's so ridiculous you like, know it's I, absurd I first of all the dress she had on I couldn't even mother up to like a nice dinner without getting something on it let alone baking a whole cake yeah oh my god I think this trend has been happening for a while I even think it happens with like tablescaping which I do like making things look really pretty on Instagram or kind of like being in the home domesticity Dom- domesticity's become kind of chic again yeah and lots of influencers, a la Molly May, Bambi's literally just turned one, having babies at a very young age, getting married very young. It's kind of a thing that's come back. So I think there are lots of teenage girls out there who are thinking like, actually, I want to be married with a baby by the time I'm 21. Yeah. And I want to post it on Instagram. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I do worry is that- We need the facts because yeah. I think- all of these women we're talking about are hyper wealthy and they make yes. money f- from basically propagating this idea and spreading it. Whereas if, if you are a young woman and feminism hasn't quite reached you, hasn't quite inf- infiltrated your world yet and you don't know why actually it was actually quite terrible that women were housewives without their own bank accounts and without a safe exit from a bad marriage, you might think, God, that looks great. Yeah. The world of work is not very appealing to young people. The economy is in the fucking garbage. Mm. I completely see why that's a, that's a really, really desirable image it's a really desirable fantasy but it is I think has its inherent dangers which is why I would like to talk about this because I don't want it to be seen like this is 22 year old woman who I'm tearing down because she's living a different life than me but I would like to discuss why selling an idea that isn't like baked in reality like you can't do this without a lot of money or without a stable income if you marry a man and he is your sole provider that comes with a lot of like inherent dangers I think Nora Smith is a model so she's got yeah I assume you know her own separate wealth and she's selling an ideology that just isn't replicable yeah. to the masses obviously financially economically we're in the gutter and <laughs> <laughs> all of this content just coming up and kind of seeming really alluring where you could just be like you know, I relinquish control over my career. I relinquish control over my finances. I'm just going to be a kept woman. That bit is kind of alluring because Mm. it is really stressful. It's really difficult. The cost of living crisis is scary. The next five years, who knows what's going to happen for a lot of people, especially, you know, we're all freelance here. It's, it's, It's stressful. So I get that. I really wonder about this stuff. I've really been grappling with trad wife stuff. Who is the content for? Is it for men or is it for women? Because with this video, I saw a lot of the responses were oh, honestly gross men mm. just retweeting it being like, oh, I'd get her pregnant in a heartbeat or I like oh. dream woman, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I think a lot of the tradwives stuff is kind of baity for, you know, that like right wing, um, red pilled Andrew Tate kind of guy that's like, I want a woman who's never slept with anyone. I want basically a Mormon woman. Yeah. With women, I don't really know of anyone who has been really sucked into it in a different way to you and only, and similar to me, where it's like, I really want to make cinnamon buns, but also I don't give a shit, so I'm not actually going to do it. You're so right, Richard. It's 
always got this really strong right wing agenda, which yes. is not it's quite covert at the beginning. Like you don't necessarily know that because some people, when we were talking about it on Instagram, were saying like, oh, but it sounds quite nice. Like, I'm a stay at home mum. And I was like, no, no, this isn't a stay at home mum. This is you're serving your husband. This is like mm-hmm. my body is for my husband's pleasure. I will cook for him. I will look good for him. It's like, this is archaic. This is not, you know, I'm on maternity leave and I'm going to get into baking. And there was some articles about how this kind of, it does go into that Red Bull movement, how it actually is got really quite scary undertones, how it kind of is pushing people towards like Trumpism and that kind of, ideology and yeah i definitely think it's it's a weird space to be in when you think of mormonism i think especially like in the uk you think like i kind of got it confused with like the amish for a while i was like oh it's a really kind of ancient thing and actually like it's got like the utah mormonism like it's very popular very powerful like Mm. it's quite confusing because we're in the uk so we don't really have that like restorationist christianity movement so like the reason we talked about it in in conjunction with the stanley cups is because they use them because they can't have certain drinks they can't um refrigerate their coffees they can't drink coffee actually sorry they can't they drink a lot of like sodas because they can't drink coffee so they're like drinking them out of their fun cups and so like i think watching it you go god i'm being sold a religious movement that i don't really know yeah. anything about mm. through the comfort of my own like iphone screen have you guys read educated by tara westover i don't no. think so okay so it came out in 2018 and it's a memoir and it's basically about her overcoming her survivalist mormon family in order to like go to college and explore the world and stuff and it was a really big hit when it came out because mm. it was she it was unbelievable to me to read it. Cause like you said, we live in the UK. We don't really have as much access to these stories. We're not used to seeing people um, living like this. And she ended up going to Cambridge Uni and it's just, it's literally like being reborn again in the literal sense in that she's becoming accustomed to the world. And she's like a foal that's just been born that doesn't know how to walk. Like nothing makes sense to her. She doesn't have any concept of like the world and the way that we've been taught about it yeah Mm -hmm. to me the fact that the people that have been brought up in that way are now also the same people selling us this like lifestyle but because it looks so polished and modern with the stanley cups and the gorgeous apartment that's that is quite terrifying if you like kind of marry those two things together so i think the tiktok algorithm really rewards this kind of content it all fits into you know the various aesthetics and various trends that we have fitting into boxes having organizers for everything having labels and having your life in order that girl waking up at 5 a.m and your life is just picture perfect i think that's why we've got here although that being said sorry quick hark back to mob wives now that the clean girl aesthetic has gone yeah the clean girl look is also tied into the compartmentalizing and the Tupperware. And mm. so it'd be yeah. interesting to see if Mobwhite mm. inf- infiltrates that and suddenly everyone's got ashtrays all over the house, smoking fags and- Having one night stands every Yes, it turns like- the faux simplicity, <laughs> like the fake simplicity and the like, the completely contrived simplicity on his head. Cause can you do that with like a full long red nail? I'd say yes. I think she does have long nails actually, which was also part <laughs> oh, really? of the, like, oh. the discourse. Yeah. I've never made cinema buns in my life. Me neither. No, they look quite dry actually, the ones that she made. Not stray shots. <laughs> I did want to eat her peanut butter though. Can we talk about big big boys, <gasps> please? Okay, so just one big boys actually. It is my <laughs> favorite show. It's called Big Boys. It's a sitcom by comedian Jack Rook Mm -hmm. in its second series, which I think has just started airing or is like, it's all out on Channel 4, but you can still watch it on TV. It is the most brilliant, beautiful. I've got so many adjectives about this show and I I will just gush about this. So I need to know if you guys have seen it. 
I haven't. So I hadn't. And then I watched it on your recommendation and immediately was hooked. I'm so upset that I hadn't watched it before, but I'm so glad that I've got all of it to watch. Jack Rook is one of these people that randomly, I've always followed him on Twitter, but never interacted with any of his work. Don't really know why I followed him but just have always been aware of him. You had a sense. I can't believe it. I just don't know why I didn't, I feel upset that I wasn't pushed to show. Yeah, more. I do think that because I, I followed him as well and I thought, wow, this guy's really funny, but like never saw. So he's a, a comedian who's done, I think a lot of uh, Edinburgh Fringe and I think Big Boys actually is the adaptation of the show that he had at Edinburgh. Oh. Um, and so like was a stand-up comedian, has done stuff before, but this is like a really like a big show really super popular. I think it was BAFTA nominated the first series at least. And then this show has come out to like so much applause and, and rightly so. So it's, oh. it is semi-autobiographical. Um, Dylan Newellen from Derry, Derry Girls. Girls yeah, plays Jack. So this kind of curly haired, fresher at university. We have John Pointing as, oh. yes, I can see you gushing, oh. Ruchira. So John Crush Pointing from, I think we talked about in episode four, I want to say. It was quite, it was like a few weeks ago, the, the show Smothered, yes. which he stars in as like the romantic lead. He's back, or he's in this as well as Danny, the like lad's lad to Jack's like kind of more vulnerable gay fresher. So it's like two best friends who like find this common ground at university and they just, oh, they just explode on the screen. Like it is so heartwarming. It's also really... It's very, very funny. Genuinely laugh out loud. I think what I loved about it so much is it's so true to that freshest experience. And there's this woman that is like the, the whole, what's she called? Like the, um, she's the student liaison. She, yeah, like student liaison officer or something. Her character is my favorite. She really <laughs> makes me laugh. She's so, so perfectly written because you just know exactly who she is. And I think that there's sometimes British television can portray things in a slightly like Americanized way or like you don't necessarily recognize what you're watching but this is it's the university so experience. UK. I really believe it yeah like oh. he has a fish named after his favorite journalist Alison Hammond there are so <laughs> many like I would say it's really nostalgic yes if you were I mean for anyone who like lives in the UK but like if you were a fresher from like 2011 to 2014 everything there is like the goosebumps music. Oh, the music so the good. references so so funny that I I couldn't quite believe it like it's a show about grief and for a show about grief oh. which literally starts with the with the main character talking about the death of his dad you do not expect to like die laughing the way that you do wow I think it's so nice to see like male leads exploring mental health grief like sexuality like family relationships it was so refreshing I think oh. also it's done in a really non-hacky way where the central character Jack when at the beginning he doesn't necessarily straight away say that he's gay and then the minute that that's revealed it's just welcomed by John Pointing's character what's his name Danny Danny in such a nice way where he's just so chill with it he's immediately trying to like wingman him and you're like I really love seeing that representation because I think that feels more true and sometimes mm. I'm really fed up of seeing the trauma of yeah gay and LGBTQIA Agreed. people exploited for Trump on, I guess. Agreed. There was yeah. a Metro article um, which was about this um, by Adam Miller. It's a first person piece. Um, and it basically says that he has this kind of similar relationship with with his best friend at university and like his best friend helped him. Having this relationship like helped him come out. Like his his friend like asked, do you want me there when you come out to your parents? Oh, um, why is this making me tear up? Yeah. And I, I think it represents something that is really real. And yeah, it's aspirational. But like these friendships exist. Yeah. And like, it was just so nice. I am shouting from the rooftops. Ruchira, you're going to love it. Oh, John Pointing's I'm gonna absolutely number one it. wife. If I'm sobbing and, you know, messaging on the WhatsApp he, group, you have to reply straight away. It is a, it's a real tearjerker. So I know you've just started. So yeah. 
yeah, so I was strap binging. in. You will be teary. I was trying to like watch a bit for the podcast. So I had, you know, I need to make a really small window with it on and then you have your emails up and then I just <laughs> had to expand the screen and then I was like, no, I have to turn it off because I couldn't stop watching it. No, yeah. I mean, there's, I think there's like eight episodes or like six episodes per series. So it's like, you know, you're hungry for more. You could easily do this. I think I did it like in an evening and like afternoon. Oh, wow. Yeah, because they're not long episodes either. No. Oh, it's delightful. It's very feel good. It's very real. I would say very real on the grief stuff. As like a certified nan kid, a lot of the grandma stuff made me really emotional. A lot of the family relationships, like it's really great. It's so good. That's my analysis. It's so good. So good. If you want to watch it, which I'm sure you do, you can watch all episodes now on Channel 4. We'll be back this time next week. In the meantime, make sure you're subscribed and leave us a review if you enjoyed the podcast. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram if you haven't already. We're at Everything Is Content Pod. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.